Hello and welcome to Learning to Learn podcast, where we provide tools and resources to educators and parents of kiddos who could use just a little bit of extra help. With our combined 50 plus years of experience, we've helped thousands of students improve their academic proficiency, boost their test scores, and chart a course to a lifetime of growth, all by discovering the joy of learning. Look us up or connect with us at mmeslearn.com. I'm your host, Nehemiah White. And today we have with us the founder of Mrs. Myers Education Services, Tammy Myers. Tammy, really good to have you with us today. Thanks for having me, Nehemiah. I really appreciate it. I've really been looking forward to this moment. You and I have had a whole lot of conversations, and it's just been taking a little bit of time to get us into a formal atmosphere. But one of the things that we're going to be talking about today, Tammy, is why educating children is so important. Really broad topic. But with surging homeschool rates and less students going to college, it appears that many people are losing confidence in the broader education system. And while most believe we could benefit from some improvements to how we teach, it's always really important to remember how crucial education, both primary and secondary, is to the health of our communities and the health of our nation. So Tammy, could you speak a little bit to the topic of how education actually benefits the broader lives of students? Of course. Education benefits the broader lives of students by opening a world of knowledge that gains experience. If you want your child to have opportunity in their life, they have to be able to learn and retain information and establish skills that can provide them a livelihood for their, them to live, you know, beyond your household and unless you want your child living in your basement the rest of their life. So uh, it's crucial, and and it's even more than that. I want to get a little serious. We have in our country for the past decade, and it's even worsened with the COVID pandemic, over 60% of our our third graders are not reading at grade level, okay? Over 80% of those students that are not reading at grade level are at risk for incarceration or at least run-ins with the law. That's astounding. It's it's um, it's scary is what it is. It's very, very scary. And that's the world we live in. Now, compound that with what's happened the last two and a half years with the pandemic and the research that's coming out now with learning loss and what it's going to take to regain that learning, it, it's even more scary. The majority of the students are behind They're not reading at grade level. They're not uh, working math equations or even having the knowledge of math at grade level. And the the experts are saying that it's going to take over two years for even our typically developing students to catch up from that learning loss. It's a long time to spend trying to catch up losses because our children are growing. There's a lot happening. Why is this important to the broader lives of these kids? I know you you mentioned how that, did you say 80% of our students are at risk for an incarceration? Well, I want to clarify that. Okay. Because yes, 
60% of the 60% are at risk for incarceration, but about 80% of those are at risk for different types of run-ins with the law, whether it be, you know, truancy, you know, minor offenses, but offenses that, you know, they're spending their time and their energy doing things are not creating a productive society. They're not being a productive part of society. Okay. So literacy is has been studied for decades and the lack of literacy can lead to incarceration. Now, for parents, that's very scary, right? It's very scary for a parent to think if your child is struggling with their education that they could end up in jail and that's what the statistics say. Mm-hmm. What's even scarier is that our government plans prisons based on reading levels of students in third grade. They plan for the, to build future prisons based on the research that we obtain from third grade reading levels. Now, that's scary, mm-hmm. right? The hair on the back of my neck is standing up. Mm-hmm. The other thing to realize is that incarceration costs money. So even economically, third grade reading levels affect your pocketbook. Every parent, every grandparent, every business owner, every single person in the United States pays for the lack of education one way or the other. If they're not going to pay their taxes to the school, they're paying their taxes to the prisons, to the judicial system. I mean, who, who do you think pays for the courthouses mm. and the prosecuting attorneys and the judges and the electricity and the prisons and the guards and the wardens and the the parole process. I mean, every prisoner incarcerated or every child incarcerated will cost the economy over a quarter of a million dollars. So not only does it affect our pocketbooks, and it affects the lives of these people that are going through this judicial process that starts in third grade. So that's astounding. So, I mean, when we think about education, honestly, we often think about, you know, secondary education prep. How are we preparing for them for college? How are we preparing them for a job? So we think a little, a little bit granularly because those are some of the most obvious representations of how education affects our students. But what what I'm hearing you say and what I'm hearing you speak to is this aspect that education has much more to do with, with their lives than just the academic component. It affects their relationships. It affects their intercommunity relationships. And so it sounds like education, even if we're speaking broadly right now, we're kind of touching on the elementary education and how critical it is to them gaining an early ed. So we've gone all the way back from broad, we've narrowed all the way down to even just that early ed, which is quite astounding. So then working backwards then, so early, let's just say early childhood education, a solid education benefits the lives of students in that it keeps them out of the judicial system when they might have otherwise found themselves within that system. It helps them, helps ensure that they're contributing to their community in a positive way rather than a negative draw. So help us understand a little bit how a quality education. So we've talked about like the education, like when, when a child is not properly educated or struggles in their education, what can happen? So if we work backwards, how does a quality education transform the communities 
Well, what a well-educated student would look like is a productive member of society, one that has a job, right? Can follow the rules of society, not break the laws, work, pay taxes, contribute to their retirement, raise a family, raise children, contribute to the, the growth and the livelihood of a community. You know, what you see is, you know, in thriving communities are these uh, individuals that are building community, building relationships in their workplace, in their families, in their churches, in their, you know, community groups. They're, they're building relationships based on their own experiences in life. Mm -hmm. So if they've experienced learning as this as part of their journey of growing up and being curious about what happens in the world and understanding that developing interests and learning about their interests are what perpetuate their livelihood and their ability to provide for themselves and their family, they are positively contributing to society. And I want to tell you that I'm a proponent of college. I believe children should go to college of some sort, but that doesn't necessarily mean that a trade school is not college. A trade school to me is also college. I think if there's anything else that, anything positive that has come out of the pandemic is identifying the, the needs of a community involve these experts in the trades and that we all saw a real deficit and lack of those experts in the trades. And so holding a college degree of equal value as a trade degree is important. And I, I feel like the eyes have been opened, like we have all seen or experienced in some form of fashion over the last two years, uh, the deficits in. You know, it's important how, when you talk about how a quality education reshapes a community that you went to in your frame of thought relationships. Mm -hmm. When we think about community, what makes up community but interpersonal relationships? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So a quality education doesn't just affect how well I can read a novel or how well I can code, you know, a program, but at the very, very core that that quality education or the lack thereof can positively or negatively affect the interpersonal relationships on any level within society. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Opening, and I don't want to get into too much anatomy and physiology, but our brain is a miracle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and part of what we do when we learn is we give our brain this room to grow, Right. And, we, and obviously our brain's not getting bigger, but we're using it better. We're using it more efficiently and more effectively. Being able to use critical thinking, problem solving, understanding that there's more than one way to look at the world. Right. So you have this dimension that education allows you to have through thinking mm -hmm. that if a child is not given that information if if they're not allowed to grow their brain and their knowledge they have no frame of reference to grow that dimension mm. and that dimension is what allows us to 
have relationships with people, have good conversations, understanding right from wrong, understanding give and take and compromise, and understanding that, you know, humans are fallible and there's this area of contrition and forgiveness and and grace and and living with people within a boundary of society. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't want to get too deep in it because I, I very well could. And I, I would love to get into that in another podcast episode. That'd be great. It's fascinating, but it's all in the way our brain processes information that we learn from the moment we're born, mm. from the moment our our mother touches us as a baby for the very first time, we begin to learn. Mm. So <laughs> learning in school is is one aspect of learning that is critical for developing critical thinking, but it's not the be all end all aspect Mm -hmm. of learning. Mm -hmm. It's one component. Yes. It's a very important component, Mm -hmm. but it's one component of how we learn to live as productive adults. You know, and that's interesting as we kind of launch off into some of these uh, new conversations, right? So this, these, this conversation is one of many, and really, we're, we're kind of introducing some themes of thought, if you will, nothing new, but just themes of thought for uh, a new channel for parents and, and teachers. And it's really good to hear you go broad with it, that the, the primary education that our children are receiving, mm-hmm. it's important. We established it at the very beginning, but that's only a piece of how we teach our children to learn in their lives. And so you touch on the piece that we're not just speaking to students that are sitting in a classroom, uh, whether it be primary or secondary. We are speaking to parents who may be teachers, who may be uh, professionals, who may be in the school system or not, and to their children and to the importance of the broader learning. So it's, it's really helpful that you talk about that. The whole way the brain works, um, we're going to get into that in another episode, uh, we must, because you spent so much of your life studying this stuff. So it, it'll be really important to connect those things. And I would love to hear you uh, draw out in, you know, a, in another episode, how from the moment we're born, we start to learn. How does that carry throughout those early infant years and into the toddler years? How do we make those jumps and what's important those earlier years? We hear a lot about it, but it'll be good to get into that. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I I love talking about this. So (laughs) I'm a talker. Just tell me what to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I don't think we'll have any problem with that, Tammy. You know, I I think the last piece to this today is obviously your life has been in uh, speech pathology, but then the last 10 years have had a significant piece in uh, literacy. And that's really where your brain went to right away when we started talking about the importance of education the benefit to children's lives. So can you give us a, a, just a little bit of a snippet of why is it important to society? I mean, you gave us a little bit already, right? Literacy and numeracy, how those low proficiency in those grades correlate to things that happen in later years. But can you give us some tangibles to take away just as we look at this broader topic, why is it important for society that all kids learn strong literacy and numeracy proficiency with the thought, Tammy, that this is going to carry into some future conversations. I feel like I'm going to be repeating myself <laughs> when I say this, but the the direction for 
literacy and numeracy, that the reason it is so important is to, to have individuals in our communities that want and can be productive citizens of society. Mm-hmm. They can hold jobs. They can raise families. You know, they can provide for themselves. They can care for the community. They can have relationships in the community. You know, they can stay out of jail. I mean, think about it. When someone graduates from high school or, or college or a trade school, and they get a job. They start paying for themselves in society. They can support themselves. They pay taxes. The taxes are what helps us in the community thrive. They pay for our roads. They pay for you know, the sidewalks and the parks, things that families enjoy in the community. And so when you have people that can provide that for a community, the community thrives. Mm-hmm. When you have people that cannot support themselves and they are a drain on communities because they're very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive to pay for jails. It's very expensive to pay for prisons. It's very expensive to pay for the judicial system. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very expensive to pay for welfare. And I am not against we- welfare. I don't want to get on that political topic. I am mm-hmm. for it. I do feel that there are groups of people in our society we are supposed to care for. Mm-hmm. But when we can prevent individuals from falling into those categories through education, why not? Mm -hmm. It's money well spent. Mm -hmm. Not only does it improve the community, but it improves the quality of their lives. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a matter of quality of life. Mm. Yeah, and and you're correct, Tammy. There there was a little, there was a tie directly to what you were talking about earlier, and it's helpful to hear it in kind of a summative form because what it's sounding like is rather than just a broad general education, honing in on some of these areas of numeracy and literacy, making sure there's some real strength in those areas for all of our kiddos is uh, a critical benchmark for our broader society. Well, and I do want to give you this thought. You, if you have someone that can read, even at a fifth grade level, they can complete an application mm-hmm. to get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of jobs that unfortunately will not consider someone for employment that doesn't have a high school diploma or a GED. Mm-hmm. If you can't read, at a fifth grade level, you cannot get a diploma or a GED. Mm. It's it's impossible. It will not happen. And so that is one of the things that, that it, why it's so critical that we focus on this third grade reading score mm-hmm. and that we have the majority of our students reading at proficiency at the third grade level by third grade, Mm. because if they can do that, then we can predict by that they will be reading, that they can grow to read at a fifth grade level, Mm -hmm. right? That gives us that predictor. Mm -hmm. And if they can read at a fifth grade level, then they can read a newspaper. They can read Mm -hmm. a job application. They can read most instructions Mm -hmm. to to put things together. I mean, think about how many things you put together that you have to read instructions for, Mm -hmm. you know, and even if you, even if nowadays you can watch a YouTube, so I don't want to simplify instructions, but 
even when you watch a YouTube, if you don't have the vocabulary to understand what they're giving, the instructions they're giving, because you don't have an up to fifth grade level vocabulary, it's going to be difficult to even follow a YouTube instruction. Mm, interesting. So it's just not a, a um, productive member, but it's an informed member. Yes. Which builds on each other. Yes. So, I mean, it's this is really helpful, Tammy. I, I feel like this is a really solid kind of introductory conversation for a lot of people. And uh, we've had these, you've had these conversations before mm -hmm. and uh, we're hoping that in this format that, that folks will really be able to synthesize the information, will be able to package it for themselves. I, I wonder if you can give us just one takeaway. So what's one thing that I can do today when I go home after my day of work to spark a love for learning in my kids? Mm. Oh, I have all kinds of fun little tricks. You know that. One of the things that I did with my kids to make learning fun mm -hmm. is I would have a treat of some sort and they would either have to answer a question or I would give them hints about what it was and they would have to figure it out. So that's problem solving. That's being able to relate information to sync to one vocabulary word. So for example, if I had bought ice cream and it was in the freezer, I would say, hmm, I have something. You're going to like it. It's sweet. And they're going to say candy, 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 because that's what they say first. Mm -hmm. I said, no, it's not candy. Okay, I'm going to give you three guesses. And that was one. And they, they learned this because it becomes predictable, right? Mm -hmm. It's a game. And then I would say, hmm, Nope, it's not candy, but it is sweet. It is cold. And then they would probably guess ice cream. So I would do that for my younger ones to get them to understand the game of thinking. You, like you have to problem solve this. That's a critical thinking skill, executive function, mm -hmm. early, early executive function, playing these kinds of games. For my older kids, I would say, okay, I am going to, and I'm saying, you know, first, second grade, and sometimes kindergarten, you might be surprised. I would sound out the word, not spell it, sound it out, and they would have to figure out what the word is. So if I said, I, s, k, er, e, m, what, what word am I saying? saying? <laughs> So they have to sequence the sounds in their hmm. brain mm -hmm. and come out with a word. That's a processing. That is auditory processing. And uh, honestly, your, your kids get really, really good yeah, at it after a while. But, you, mm -hmm. but it takes practice. I mean, I guarantee you're an adult. You've probably never done that before. No, I haven't. Because <laughs> you're going into that. I'm like, well, that's simple. But then you start thinking about sounding out a word. If I did that and you didn't know it was ice cream, you'd have to think about it. I but would, your brain yeah. would sequence it. And yep. it, you would come out with ice cream. Yeah. But that's what we want to teach our children is how to learn this thinking. How do we learn thinking? Because that's learning how to learn. Hmm. That's really cool. That's a really helpful little trick. It's something I can go home. The kids are going to want to watch a movie tonight. I can take that, make a little twist on it mm -hmm. and uh, make it a little bit fun for them. Make them work for it. Exactly. <laughs> they work for it. And then they learn to love the work because it's fun. That's so good. That's so good. Tammy, really appreciate you joining us today. This has been a pleasant conversation and I look forward to the other ones that we're going to have. Sure. 
Thank you for joining us today on Learning to Learn podcast. Hopefully today's conversation and the tips and tricks have added a little bit of a, a joy to your day and will give you a little bit to take away for the rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to having you next time.